Hey guys, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so Scott asked me to to come in and just you know discuss both you know alternative investment syndications and um, and so I'll try to go through uh, through this uh, presentation with you. We can make it interactive, so don't hesitate to uh, to speak over me and ask questions as we go. Uh, and if not, we'll we'll just keep some some time for for questions at the end as well. Um, you know, my goal. At, they also told me, you know, it's a it's a very diversified group. Uh, you know, from beginners to uh, you know professional investors. So uh, some things might seem too simplistic, but you know, I'm happy to dig into any anything that you would like to uh, <clears throat> to go deeper into. Um, and uh, you know, I think the goal is really just to kind of broaden your your mind on on um, you know the how how diverse the investment universe is and how you can participate in, in those, uh, and also to always think about you know kind of a, a chair with like a, a three leg you know because the investment is one thing, but there's always you know some tax uh, optimization that go go with your investments and also some asset protection uh, that. Obviously, where a solution does does very well. Um, so they all part, you know, of the same package in a way. And when you can optimize those three things, I think you're you're in good shape to to create wealth and to create cash flow for for yourself. Uh, you know, so just going through, you know, through the motion of you know where, you know, when you when you start when you you know become an adult and you go to college and. People wanting to get a job uh, and uh, 401k and get a house and a mortgage and uh, then invest in a 401k that is going to be mostly in stock and bonds and you know go through life like that and hopefully you retire with with some nest egg from your 401k. Um, but you know it's it's usually a better way to move from that fixed mindset to a growth mindset where. You know, learning is really not just in college, but it's all through your whole life. And, uh, you know, it happens through schools. It happens through masterminds that you can join. It happens nowadays through the, you know, you have a lot of podcasts, a lot of good resources on, on the internet, books, audio books, uh, and, and, you know, picking an asset class that you want to learn on. You can, you know, learn a lot just by going through through that those motions. Um, you know, also interesting to, you know, as you build wealth, you're going to build wealth by being, you know, creating like horizontal cash flow. So we're going to talk, you know, the vertical cash flow, which is probably either, you know, a, a job that you have or, or a, a business that you have. It doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that you cannot have a side gig, which is also going to maybe create some cash flow for you, you know, as a small business or, you know, have a process to in to keep investing in syndication as we're going to see which are going to generate for you cash flow or appreciations or or, or both um you know also I, I was saying always try to optimize the taxes and understand the why you're investing in in these things what do you need um and uh and um and then yeah hopefully you know as you build those you know horizontal cash flows you know after a couple of years hopefully you can you can just retire early instead of waiting for to be 60 or 65 years old and you know just going salary to salary every year um because that's the goal to get to financial and time freedom um so you know there, there's kind of two phases for 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 
building your your nest egg. Uh, one is you know investing to build that cash flow, as as I mentioned, and and that can be through various means, uh, you know, and either having your own business or going through syndications, um, and and that compounds. You know, the more uh, you can generate uh, returns on on your money and and have your money work for you, uh, you know, the the more it's going to compound. And hopefully, if you're in syndication, that gets you you know twenty percent a year and twenty percent IRR over a, you know a five year period. You tend to you know double your money over over that time frame. So and then you keep reinvesting the, these things. Um, and and then once you have built all that, it's also not to lose it, right? Like is this it's very easy to, you know, invest it in, you know, for example, last year, you know, you were very heavily in stocks, you were heavily in crypto, uh, your NASDAQ can dwindle very fast. And uh, or you invest in a bad syndication because there's a it was a bad operator and that operator um, you know, was just an in, in, inexperienced or you know, face some challenges that he didn't realize because, you know, life uh, and a lot of things can be thrown at you. Uh, so, you know, there's some key attributes to, to keep watching and that I, that I mentioned at the end of this, this slide, which are, you know, try to be diversified, try to size your trades properly, um, and, you know, try to have a process uh, in, in, in where, which asset class you're investing in, um, how much you're investing, and, um, and, and understand, you know, your different needs, because that's, that's what's really going to matter, right? Like, do you need cash flow? Do you need appreciation? Um, do you need cash management? Um, and and if within those three buckets, there's a lot of there's a lot of choices for you. You know, a lot of people think you know when they invest, it's just 401k, whatever Fidelity or Schwab in your 401k offers you, and sometimes it's as low as like you know five mutual funds uh, that you can get over time, but you know, know that, you know, there are a lot more choices uh, from, you know, private investment, VC, private equity, uh, a lot of different bonds, uh, alternatives that you can also use for your cash management, you know, alternative debt funds, you know, things that people don't realize exist out there, you know, high yield, you probably heard about or mortgages, uh, but, you know, there's asset-based lending, there's specialty lending, uh, you know, real estate, venture debt, litigation, royalties, all these things uh, are interesting avenues that can generate you, get you above, you know, a 10% return on, on a yearly basis. And sometimes those, those funds, uh, if you use them for, for cash management, um, sometimes they have, you know, short-term redemptions. You can just go in there and, you know, the money market ones are going to go, you can sell them any day to, maybe three months or some, some have one year lockups, um, but you have options also in terms of timing, depending on, you know, sometimes you have money just for a short period of time, you know, you're gonna have an investment or uh, a small business to require, or, or, you know, money that you were keeping on the side uh, after the kids went to college. So all that can be managed in different timeframes as well. Um, because as we're gonna see for syndications, you put your money for, you know, you have to, you know, realize that that money is probably going to be stuck for, uh, you know, three to seven years, depending on, on the situation. And hopefully, 
hopefully you have like events that that come in refinancing or or other other things that can get you your at least your capital back and then your money keeps growing and you keep keep getting cash flow on a on a yearly basis um so so don't be shy. There's a lot of things out there and a lot to, to, that you can learn. Um, and so alternative assets, you know, comprise uh, a variety of things. You know, also think about your retirement accounts. A lot of people, you know, don't realize that, you know, you can use your 401k in, in different fashions. Um, you know, a 401k is great. And, and the way they sell it to you when, when you start working is like, oh, you know, you, you're going to build a nest egg and then hopefully you'll pay taxes when you take that money out, but you'll be retired, therefore you'll be in a, in a, in a lower tax bracket. But, um, you know, I, I, I never understood, you know, that argument because I, I want to be still in that high bracket when I, when I retire. I still want to be, you know, uh, uh, pay, you know in, in that high tax bracket because I'm generating still revenue and, and money, uh, you know, uh, in my retirement. Uh, and so therefore, you know, first, prefer like you know I, you said interrupt you so i'm just gonna gonna do that um you know you know see, <laughs> no i i agree with you um and, and i follow the same principle uh but I, I i feel it's tough when i give people advice because on average people are in a lower tax bracket when they retire now now you and i we're going to be billionaire philanthropists and and want to be in the best tax bracket as possible when we retire so uh <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I'm more of the feeling of, you know, even if I'm around the same, my guess is that taxes are going to be higher rather than lower on average. It's not going to be the same as today because of all the debt that we have in this country. So uh, I'm, I'm on your side. I feel going to the raw portion, going self-directed is the way to go. Yeah, no, I, and you have a great point in there that, you know, People don't realize neither, but if you look at taxes, you know, in the in the in the 50s and 60s, you know, some went to like 70%. Like right now, we're actually on, on the lower end of, of the range in terms of, of taxes that that have, that we paid in this country in the last century. Uh, Go to the but, 20s, it was somewhere in 80 and 90% with some people. But then again, the write-offs back then were outrageous. And I mean, you could be a tycoon and pay pretty much no taxes, but... Uh, I'll, we'll right. leave that on the table. Yeah, so yeah. But it's changed. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I've, I, I certainly had a a quite high W two income before I was retired. The other big difference is, as a retired you know person and real estate investor, I have a lot of depreciation options and stuff that I can use now that I couldn't when I had a W two job. So although I am a big believer in the Roth, it really depends on the situation at, at the time. And if, if I could take, you know, um, you know, if I could take 34%, you know, tax income and put it into a, a deductible uh, 401k and then pay 24% later to convert it, that's a win for me. So... Yeah, and, and, and this is really just to, you know, as I said, everybody's going to have, you know, their own situation, and that's why I keep asking about your why, um, but, you know, it's, it's just to give people options in terms of, you know, what's out there, and, and the, not only the Roth versus non-Roth, but also the self-directed for the ability to not just be in the traditional mutual funds, but into, you know, using it for, for other assets, you know, it could be a private placement company that has is going to have high cap capital appreciation 
Um, it can be, you know, a, a, a real estate syndication, although because in real estate syndication, and we'll see it later, you get depreciation. I tend not to use my 401k unless it's a, you know, a low, uh, low asset depreciation, in which case it, it, it works well. So just know that you have those options out there, something to, to discuss uh, with, uh, you know, your, your accountant, your, uh, your, your, your financial coach or, or who, whoever is helping you out there. Um, and so, you know, Brendan was just talking about, you know, the tax consideration and, and there, are, there are choices for even high W2, uh, Brendan. So, you know, the, the best one for people who are in the high W2 bracket is to have your, your partner uh, and your spouse become a real estate rep. So that will get you the biggest bang for your buck uh, if, you know, your, your spouse- A real estate rep? You mean a real estate professional, don't you? Professional. Sorry. Professional status? R.E. Yes, professional real status, estate yeah. professional. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's because if your partner, you know, ha doesn't have a W-2 and, 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 and gets that, that exam and becomes a real estate professional, um, you know, you will be able to take the depreciation, the depreciation losses that you get from your investment in real estate, uh, you know, because it's real estate depreciation, usually they go just against your passive income. But in this case, because your partner becomes a real estate professional, that's what he does as a profession. Therefore, he can take those, your in, the other income that the family gets through real estate can get against that W-2 income. Uh, and again, it, he doesn't have to take the exam. You're your CPA. Uh, and again, I have to just for, this is everything that I'm telling you here is no tax advice. It's not investment advice. I am not an IRA. Um, I'm a registered CV7, but um, so just take everything I do. That's the disclaimer uh, with uh, a grain of salt and always consult with your, uh, your advisors, financial and, and CPAs. Um, but your CPA can decide, let's say you have a, a couple of short-term rentals that you're managing for the family. You're, 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 we, we cannot, we, your CPA can make your partner a give give him the real estate status uh, in if he can justify that they have worked about 750 hours a year on you know your short-term rentals, manage all, all that for, for the family, and therefore you can you can you can be a real estate professional without taking the, the exam. Uh, the other thing that you can do for depreciation for high W-2s is in oil and gas ventures. Um, so it's a little more risky because you have to be a GP, a general partner in those syndications, at least the first year, and then they move you into an LP. Um, and being in a GP, you, you know, there's a lot of risk. So, you know, be careful, ask people who, who've done that before, ask again your, your advisors about it. Uh, but the government gives some special tax treatment to those investments because they want to encourage, um, you know, oil and gas um, uh, generation in, in the country. And therefore, um, because of that, you can take the depreciation that those syndications get you and get them against your, your W-2. So those are, are really the, the two biggest uh, ones that you can use if, if you're a W-2 uh, person. Now, there are, other, there are other ways to save on taxes. We just 
talked a lot about, you know, real estate depreciation. Uh, you know, there are, you know, car allowances that you can do if you buy a new car. If it's a, a, um, if it's a, a green car, you can also get seven seventy five hundred as a tax deduction uh, to it. So, so if you if you're in the lookout for a new car in two thousand twenty three, I think you can still use uh, you know th those car allowances. Um, if you run a business, you can put it you know on the business and get those depreciation for against your taxes. There's a lot of solar depending on the state uh, investment tax credit you can get as well, um, and then you know. You can also be tax efficient by, you know, if you have an, a real estate investment, you know, it could be a long-term rental or short-term rental property, for example. If you have it as an investment, you can move it. The next time you're going to sell it, instead of paying taxes on the appreciation, you can just take that money and reinvest it in another property. And it could be any type of property any, anywhere in the U.S. Um, you know, you can, even if you're in short-term rental, you're moving into a commercial property, you can do that. Uh, by doing that, you don't have to pay the, the tax on the appreciation. You, you have the, your full amount of money that keeps working for you over the years. Um, the, the other way, you know, people have sometimes capital gains. Let's say you had a, a private investment in a, in a private company and that company sold out or IPO'd and, and you got like a, a fresh amount of cash or you sold your company and you have, you, have, uh, uh, you know, tax gains. You can use, uh, you know, opportunity zones uh, and invest in in a real estate syndication that is in an opportunity zone. Uh, in which case, same thing. It's a it's a very flexible. It's even more flexible than a 1031 because a 1031, um, you know, you need you need to have an intermediary. Uh, you have very strict deadlines. You also have deadlines for opportunity zones, but. Uh, you know, You're saying an opportunity zone is more flexible than a 1031? Well, oh, in that you don't have to go through an intermediary, but it's not flexible in the sense that you have to stay in that, in that opportunity zone for 10 years. So your money is stuck for 10 years. But again, that doesn't mean that there can be an event. Let's say there's a refinancing after two or three years, or uh, you know, you, you know, your syndicator, the, the same way in, in a traditional syndication, can get you your 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 capital back, uh, you know, not after ten years, but after you know two or three years. So just keep keep that in mind. Um, and and they manage not to be taxable because they have also depreciation that are running at the same time, and and that you know as you get that money back, they they have the depreciation that goes against it. So you they they, they can show you that you're still uh, eligible for not paying the taxes in the opportunity zone um, that you're in. Anyway, so just know that there are options for you uh, to invest in a tax efficient way. Uh, we mentioned a couple and, you know, happy to open it up after, after we took two more. Um, so, you know, the purpose of this call is also to just go a little deeper into a syndication. What's a syndication? It's, uh, it's basically just pulling, you know, capital uh, from, various investors um, into a project. And that project is gonna be run by uh, a GP, a general partner or a general partnerships where there'll be a, you know, multiple partners. Um, and you can invest in that as an LP or a, as a co-GP. Usually if you want something passive where, you know, if you have your own short-term rentals, it's work, right? You have to, 
you have to deal with tenants uh, in multifamily too. You have to to call the uh, you know people to go repair the boiler that, that went down. There's all kinds of stuff. The beauty of going to into uh, syndication as an LP is that you have the general partnership that will manage all that for you, and you will just get hopefully a nice coupon every year, and then some um, you know uh, capital events happen again, and then you continue to to generate cash flow, and at some point they'll sell it, and they'll sell it with some good appreciation, and you'll hopefully get. Uh, you know, uh, a strong return and, and IR to your to your investment. Um, there's two types of syndications. Um, you know, nobody wants to go and register with the SEC, so they use the, the exemption rules, uh, which calls for either going into a 506B or 506C. So if you heard that, you know what it is. It's just basically a different way to raise money for those syndicators. Um, the 506B, uh, is gonna allow to go to raise an unlimited amount of money. It's gonna allow, you know, up to 35 non-accredited investors. But the difference between 506B and C is that it's in the number of accredited investors. It's, it's also in the, the ability to advertise or not. So it used to be that 506C was the highest um, percentage of the syndications that were coming out. Nowadays, because of the internet, because of everyone wanting to advertise and market themselves and, and raise money, um, you know, 506C, which are mainly for accredited investors, and we're going to go to it in a second, um, you know, are, are getting more and more, um, uh, you know, crowded in, in, in the type of, of raise that, that is going up. Um, so being an accredited investor means that you either made 200 thousand dollars a year uh, for the last two years or you have a million in, in net worth uh, not including your primary residence um, and you know there's also some syndication sometimes for uh, you know outside of real estate mostly where you need to be a qualified purchaser and that's for people who have a, a higher network even a higher network and at least five million in investments uh, over or in their portfolio um, you know, and the way the syndication is going to be is going to, the, the, the good news is that it, it allows you for a low amount of money, not a low amount, it's, a, it's still like, you know, usually 25 to 50 grand minimums, um, which, you know, is a lot of money, but, you know, instead of going and having to buy something for a million dollars, you can participate to, to that investment at, at, a, low, at a lower minimum. Um, and so you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, go through that. The, the GP is gonna send you a, what they call a PPM, which is a private placement memorandum, which will have all the information you need about the deal, um, how the deal is gonna work, the business plan they're gonna send you as well, the operating agreement, the subscription agreement that you're gonna sign. That's gonna really be the legal document that manages the relationship between you and that syndicate. Um, and then, you know, normally you'll go to an invest, investor portal where you, you'll, you, you will get, uh, you know, every now and then some, some updates about uh, the syndication and the, how the, your investments is going. You will also get your yearly coupons, um, you know, through that, that investor por portal where you'll put your, 
your banking information and all that. And that, that will be, um, you know, where a lot of the information comes to you. Um, so, you know, syndications are great, as I said, because you can go passively and you can go at lower minimums. Uh, but now that doesn't mean that it's, uh, you don't have to do your homework, you know, like everything, any investment you make, you know, you need to spend time, you need to do your homework. Um, and, uh, you know, know your why as well, right? Like, are you, are you looking for cash flow? So I have, you know, friends and investors, you know, they kind of want to retire early, therefore they quit their W-2, they have some side gigs, but they also use syndications to generate cash flow. So they do need high cash flow syndications that are going to, you know, every year give them a little bit of cash flow so they can, you know, they, they, they can count on that cash flow to, 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 to survive. And so, you know, depending on the syndication you're in, uh, they're going to pay you between, you know, three and 10% uh, coupon. And, um, and uh, but, you know, usually the ones that don't pay a high cash flow will tend to, to pay you, you know, you have bigger upside on, on the back end. And therefore, that's what, you know, if someone is looking for, you know, you, let's say you're very wealthy, you're just trying to put your money in and grow that money over time, you prefer appreciation to, to cash flow, then, you know, there'll be different type of deals for you, right? Um, also, do you need larger depreciation and tax advantages? So some people just because they have, you know, they have a they have a lot of short-term rentals, they have a lot of passive income that is coming in, they're going to try to reduce their, their tax liability and therefore they, they'll be looking for deals that have uh, high, you know, tax advantages. Um, you know, are you looking for diversification? So, you know, if you're trying to find, you know, in your portfolio of things, you know, I, I think, you know, diversification is, is one of the single truth of investment as well, because you don't always have your, all your nest in the same, your eggs in the same nest. And so that diversification, you know, some people want to be diversified, some people want to be concentrated. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for diversification, just share with you know either your investor group or um, your your investor coach or your CPA what type of investment you're looking for. You know if you're looking I don't know for uh, a commercial real estate because now we have a lot of you know residential uh, real estate. Uh, maybe you're looking for um, you know an oil and gas because you're a W two high W two income guy. So um, you know know your why and then. And then narrow down the investment that, that you will need. Um, and then obviously that's where the, the hard part. Once you have decided, you know, what type of investment you want to do, you're going to have to start doing your due diligence. And that's where, you know, joining an investor club or having a mentor or having a financial coach can be helpful because they will they will help you. It, it's it's hard. It's hard to understand, you know, how to. To vet the deal, you got, you know, you got. They, they'll send you maybe a spreadsheet. Maybe you're not very good with, with spreadsheets to understand the cash flow. What's the difference between an IRR and ARR? Um, you know, so there's all the financial side of things with the what they call the pro forma and the, the Excel sheet. But there's also vetting the operator, right? Like a lot of the time, first when I invest is also going to be first for the operator because I want someone who has experience. I want someone who's specialized in the asset class that I'm investing in. I want to know the character of that thing. Does he have grit? Does he have resilience? Did he face, what's his history of investment? 
What is the history of returns he had on, 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 uh, in the past? What's his net worth? Um, you know, and then you want to, you want to vet his team as well. You want to understand, does he have a good re relation, uh, investor relations team? And that's important. You'll see it because once you invest it, those investments can be seven years long, right? You need to understand, you know, are they going to communicate with me? Are they going to sh they share information or am I going to have to go and every time try to get that information from them? Um, you know, all these things are important to, to, to feel comfortable, to sleep at night and understand that, you know, the $50,000 that you worked hard for uh, is going to work for you and not become like a, a, a liability or, or lose it because, you know, the, 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 the operator didn't know what he was doing. Um, so there's, there's a lot of due diligence checklists, like anything. I think a checklist is, is a good way to, to proceed. You know, I put some bullet points here of, of some of the important ones, uh, questions to ask. Um, and again, when you're, you join an investor club where you have an invest, invest, investor coach, you know, they will help you, you know, draft those questions and, and, and talk to, to the operators. Um, you know, join the calls when, when they offer you to, to meet the operator and ask those questions. You know, even if you don't the first couple of times, even if you're not gonna invest, just join the call because you learn. You learn to hear the questions that are being asked, the, the, the type of, of assets. And, and you know, that due diligence is, is really, really important. And then as you specialize, as you start getting more comfortable with investing in different syndications, different asset classes, as I mentioned here, there's a couple like, you know, it could be a mobile home park, it could be a, a self-storage, could be an oil and gas, could be a triple net lease, retail strip, it could be a marina. Um, you know, there, there's so much out there that you can invest in, but that also means your education needs to, to catch up, right? Like there's very different questions to ask if you're invested in a triple net lease, um, uh, syndication versus being in a in an oil and gas syndication, um, and so and each one is a is a full time job in itself. So we don't expect you to do that. That's why I, I'm always supportive of you know finding a mentors, finding people who did it before, finding uh, you know reading books, listening to podcasts, having a financial coach. Um, you know you think it's expensive, but you know, missing out on a, on a good syndication or investing with someone who's going to lose your 50 grand is going to be a lot more expensive than, than the, the learning curve that you have to go through. So, um, or, or the masterminds or the coach that you're going to pay, pay for. Um, and a lot of the time by being in those, with, with those networks, you know, you, they will introduce you to that network. They will, they will raise a lot of of the, the, the issues that, that you need to be aware that on your own, uh, you know, it, it's who, not how. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, same thing, they'll share books, they'll share podcasts, they'll share all kinds of things that, that, might, that might, you know, help you in your journey to, to become uh, a great, great investor. Um, and again, syndication in real estate is one thing which I'm over-focusing on, but you know, keep your mind open. There's, there's, you know, I'm invested in, in, in private placement, in, you know, coffee companies, in, in SaaS companies. Uh, you know, I have some private equity money with some, some private equity uh, funds. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot out there. And again, depending on 
who you are, what you're trying to achieve, um, you know, you'll be you'll be able to to do that by by understanding. Um, you know, it's it's again, it's it's all about it's continuous education. It's having that growth set, growth mindset that that will get you closer to um, to being a a, a savvy uh, investor. Um, I just put it out there. That's a little bit of an outlier, but I know that a lot of people who are looking for financial freedom and time freedom, they they also want to quit the W two and a lot of questions that that come out of sometimes on, on healthcare. So I just thought I'll throw some healthcare hacks for you here um, because it, it's tough. You know, when it's not sponsored by your firm, healthcare can be expensive. So, you know, I give you like here three options. One is, you know, if you're a savvy, you start being a savvy investor, meaning, you know, you're getting good income and good cash flow, but you're also getting good depreciation that reduces your gross income. Uh, you know, that's what the Obamacare plans are looking at. They're going to go at the money what they call the modified adjusted gross income. And I know some, some real estate investors that have that actually pay zero taxes because they have so much depreciation from their, their investments and, and you know passive or active. Um, and and therefore they go and they, they go on Obamacare and sometimes they actually get you know you know the, the lowest of the lowest Obamacare uh, you know uh, plans meaning they, they they're able to get the, the the best plans at the the lowest cost because they their 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 adjusted income is, is really low. Um, the other option that you have, you know, health share plans. Uh, you know, some of the ones that you know some of my friends are in are you know MediShare or Zion Health or Christian Share. You can go and check them out. Uh, I'm happy to talk offline on you know preferences and whys. Um, and then you know. Another hack that, that I did is, you know, you can go and, you know, there's a lot of online uh, master, master programs out there now, or, or even like um, any, any online program, uh, you can join your university, take it part-time, you have five years to finish it, so you can just pay like, you know, one course a year or two course a year and, and benefit from the low cost, you know, healthcare plans that they have. So that's another great hack. Um, so. I'll stop here. I think I've been talking for a long time. I think I said a lot of things and let you uh, let you answer some questions if you need. I'll put my uh, contacts in here if you need to to reach out to me.